0: What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to
1: Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. So today's topic is going to be about managing risk. So risk has, you know, everything that we do, there is a risk to it. Um, So we're going to actually define what is risk. So Donna what would you say risk is?
0: Um, Risk is simply, I would describe it as, you know, uh, I guess the level of danger that can occur um, when you do something. So... You know, risk is just simply, you know, things that could happen may not necessarily may not necessarily be, you know, something that may happen, you know, something bad that may happen. But it's just uh, a possibility. Yep, that's actually a
1: good definition. So um, risk is just is just simply, you know, what you know, you have to calculate for it. You know what could go wrong? How much money can you lose? Um, you know, uh, Donarelli and myself were talking earlier, you know, you take a risk when you take a job, you know, is there upward mobility within that job? You know, how often do you get paid? You know, is there, is there room for growth? Is there room for your company to shut down? Will you think, do you think you'll have a job in five years? You know, some people work temp jobs, you know, there's a risk associated with a temp job. You know, some people also work seasonal jobs or jobs that require, um, you know certain quotas that you know that can be hit. You know, when I was um first starting out in the workforce and I was transitioning from working for the state to working for, you know, a big company where I was going to have quotas, you know, my family was a little bit concerned because they were like, "Well, um what happens if you don't hit your quota?" You know, what happens, you know? So that was that was a risk that I was that I had to take. And, you know, I was like, "Well, you know, there is a there's a risk associated with this, but, you know, I think I can Hit my quotas And I'm still here today So Everything that Everything that you do There is a risk Associated with it So Donnero What some experiences That you have had with risk In your personal trading In your personal finances Just what risk Options Or just risk
0: obstacles Have you seen Um, I've dealt with risk a lot In my life Like I guess I could go back To like When I went to Uh, When I started college, like, so uh, I went to a private college. I went to Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. So when I went there, I didn't necessarily have all the money that I needed to pay for my education. So in Georgia, you have, like, the Hope Scholarship that is good for, like, public schools. But private schools, a Hope Scholarship really doesn't cover that much of that school. So I had loans, of course, But even with my loans, like, my school wasn't, like, all the way paid for. So I literally went to school and, like, you know, I later found out when I got a letter, like, under my door in my dorm that I owe money. So from there, it's like, dang. Wait, hold up, hold up. So (laughs) (laughs) you said what? Yeah. So, like. um, Please
1: tell us about that experience.
0: And it's funny. I guess my, uh, you know, my dad. He kind of, like, in a slick way told me that I needed money to, you know, pay for the school. But he didn't tell me, like, I owed a bill. Like, you know, he told me, you know, you need to try to, like, you know, you're athletic. You should try to, like, get on the football team or the track team. Or you need to get good grades so you can get some money to pay for the school. But I didn't know I actually owed them money until, like, I got a, a letter from, like, my, uh... My my hall, my residential hall director that I owe money. Who was your RD? Uh, For the Morehouse cast that's listening, <laughs> man, Salante man, it was my RD <laughs> and the uh, boys, man. So he was a cool dude, right? Like we. I could, I could tell a lot of stories about my time at Du Bois Hall, but shout out to Du Bois Hall. So what happened when um, you found you got that letter, though? That's what I want to know. Well, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> I was scared, boy. I was scared, though. Like, the level of stress, bro. Like, not only, I mean, it's one thing to be in college and deal with the stress that comes with taking classes and, you know, dealing with work and school, but to also have to, like, worry about financial aspect of, like, I might not be here, and I wasn't trying to go home, like, you know, I came to Atlanta for a reason, you know, I wanted to obviously better myself, further my education, I wanted to, you know, further my career, further my life, and I just didn't want to go home, I mean, I'm from Athens, Georgia, a small town, it's not really a lot to do there, not really... A lot of room for growth for young people, in my opinion. No, you know, no shot to that to, to to the town. It's a great place to grow up, no doubt. But I wasn't trying to go back. So when I got that letter, man, I was pretty. I ain't gonna lie, man. I was scared, bro. Like stressed, bro. Yeah. So I took a risk, not even knowing. I took a risk, but I took a big risk going to that school. Because so how did you wait? How did you get the money? So. You know, I just... You was outside, parking lot, (laughs) (laughs) pimping. I was... No, I did a number of things. Like, you know, I I reached out to some people. I wrote, like, churches and stuff like that. Wrote different organizations. Applied for a lot of scholarships. But that didn't really help. That's pretty much like putting your name in a hat and hoping it would get pulled out. So, I took a more direct approach. I networked with some people on campus. Um, I found a program, the TRIO program at the time. Like if you were a first generation college uh, attendee, like in your family, like on my mom's side, I was the first to go to college, so they were able to provide me with some some funds to pay for my education. Um, I networked with financial aid, like the, the you know the financial uh, aid, uh, I guess administrators. Like Miss Jackson, everybody that went to Morehouse probably knows Miss Jackson. I would go to her office like every day. You know, I bought her flowers. Oh, you know sh- what I'm saying? I would just like, I would go there like dressed up. You Dude was out here trying to snow. I was an upstanding gentleman. So, you know, he was, I, he was trying to win her heart I and get was some there money. Like every day, like telling her, look, you know, we in a recession. Like, my family going through it. Oh, yeah. Like, we going through it. We ain't got no money. I need the help. But I promise, if you help me, I'm going to make the best out of this. I'm going to make you proud. Uh, Mr. Stotts, everybody knows Stotts. That was the director and Financial Aid. I had a meeting with him. I told him my situation. And with all those people, you know, with all their help, it ended up getting resolved. And, you know, I ended up making out of it. But. I've dealt with a lot of risk in my life. I've I've left jobs, not knowing, you know, when <laughs> you know where my next check is gonna come. Like you know, just because I just I've I've left a job just not feeling like it was in the right place for me, not knowing what I was gonna do next. But I just did it, and you know, I want to put a point right there, not to cut you off. But so you said you left your job. First of all,
1: just to throw this in there, when we were in college. It was right in the middle of the recession. So, literally, gas was higher than my GPA. So, I just want to put that out there.
0: Um, Everybody GPA.
1: Everybody's GPA. It was bad news, bro. Um, but I want to put a pin right there. So, you said you dealt with risk to where you were actually bold enough to leave your job and just walk out. Like, explain that process because I feel like there are a lot of our listeners who probably... I won't speak for all of you, but I know there's some of you out here that hate your job, and you know that there's more. So, talk about like what what you were going through, what you were feeling,
0: and the risk associated with that. Talk about that in a little bit more detail. So, I mean, the reason I did it, I felt like I just had more to do with my life. You know, I just felt like it wasn't the place for me. Um, so, I just left, man. And you know, you talk to a guy who is married, who has. Uh, at the time I just had one kid, but I felt I had enough faith in myself that even with doing this, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure it out and we're going to be okay. So I left that job. I mean, I ended up getting another job, but by getting that other job, I was able to get, um, a license. Like I got my life and health insurance license and that was something that helped me later on, you know, it helped me make more money. You know, it put me in a better situation. So, you know, that was a big risk, man. Like <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't, you know, do that. But I just knew that it was something more. And that led me to discovering other things that led me to learn more about investing and trading and different ways that you can make money outside of your job. That's because that pressure was on you. So you were trying to find any in which way to make money.
1: And um, I'm highlighting Donna Rail here because, you know. Donnerrell is a very he's a very humble person, and um, I say that as his friend, but there are a lot of things that he's gone through that he won't share just out of – not that he's ashamed or he's just um, – that's just the type of guy he is. He's just not a, not the type of guy who's just brash about how he's handled things. But, you know, when I look at him, you know, he did quit his job multiple times because he felt like there was something more out there for him and his family. You know, there are a lot of people in you know in that situation where I mean, I know you were telling me there were times. I know
0: people, man, that'll like. I worked for a company. Um, I won't disclose the name, but you know, essentially, we sold you know life insurance. We were we we're life and health insurance agents, but I know people that were there for years and they were not happy. Not only were they not happy, they really weren't making that much money while they were there. So there were other opportunities out there, plenty of other jobs that would put them in a better situation and improve their situation. But they were so comfortable and so scared to do that, to leave their place of comfort. They just wouldn't take that risk, even though realistically they were taking a bigger risk by staying where they were at. Um, so I think a lot of times we, we don't understand, we truly don't understand what risk is, or we don't understand our situation and we don't understand that real, you know, when it comes down to it, you take a risk by walking out your door every day. So if I'm going to be in, in, in this life, in this world of taking all these risks, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for the gusto. I'm just not gonna do it at all. Yeah, I may fail, I may trip up, but in the end, I'm gonna know I gave it my all, and I'm gonna I know I'm gonna improve my situation. So, and you're not gonna do that by being stagnant, being scared, and and staying in the same situation. It's just not gonna happen. Um, what I've learned to do better, because I've learned a lot through my endeavors is to be more calculated about my risk and to to study and to to meditate on my moves before I make them. I make sure, or at least I try to make sure all of my moves are premeditated. So, I mean, everything's not going to go as planned no matter how much you plan. But I'm not going to get caught off guard too much to the point where I'm scrambling. Right. So... I think to mitigate your risk, because at the end of the day, we're going to all experience some type of risk. Mm-hmm. The goal should be to try to mitigate that risk. So to mitigate that risk, obviously you want to pre-plan. You want to, to meditate on what you want to do. And you want to get as much knowledge about what you're thinking to, that you, you know, what you're planning to do as possible. For example, trading. A lot of people find, trading in the stock market or whatever, very risky. Yes, it it is very risky. Very very risky if you don't know what you're doing. If you don't know how to drive a car, it's very risky. But a lot of people wouldn't consider driving a car that risky because they know what they're doing.
1: That's a good point. You know, and one of the things about risk is when you have risk, there's also opportunity. When you risk when you, when you deal with risk, it's not always about what you're going to lose, but it's always about more, actually it's more about what you're going to gain. So my experience with risk is a little bit different. I'm a very, I'm a very conservative, but aggressive person when it comes to the uh, business moves I make. So, you know, there's some times where I've looked at, you know, my situation and I've leveraged it. And I'm like, wow, I really just did that. But I also looked at the planning that I put behind the risk. So if most of you follow me on my social media, I'm gonna throw a plug in here, JoshuaBent underscore, it's my Instagram. (laughs) You'll know that that I own an Airbnb property. Um, I'm a three-time super host and that didn't come overnight. That is definitely hard work. However, um, it took me a while to get the confidence, to gain the confidence to actually buy a home and then to flip it into an Airbnb. So one of the things that I was, that, that was, you know, going through my mind when I was going through the entire process was, will Airbnb work? You know, will this work? So I did research, you know, I looked at the market, you know, I, I did, I looked at, you know, what was the occupancy rate in the zip code that I was buying? What was the vacancy rate in the zip code that I was buying? What was the average price for the um the zip code in which I was buying in? So when you look at all those different factors It allowed me to make a more informed decision about what type of property I wanted to buy, the types of things I wanted to offer my guests, and did I have the time to actually manage the investment. And I can say, you know, to this day that yes, I made a wise decision. And I also had a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. So before I bought my house, I always ask myself when it comes to any, any endeavor, What is the worst thing that can happen? So I'm like, all right, what's the worst thing that could happen if I buy a home and I can't Airbnb it out? So my home is actually near um, our university down here. So I'm like, all right, I can run into some college kids. Do I want to do that? Hell no. Why? Because college kids tend to tear up your home, but it was an option. The last option was I knew that at the end of the day, I have multiple bedrooms here. So I'm like, I can live in my house myself on my salary. Can I afford the mortgage? I'm like, yeah, I can afford the mortgage. My second question is, all right, I have extra rooms. Can I get roommates? The answer to that question was yes. So I'm like, all right, if I can't make money on it through Airbnb, then I'll be able to make money on it by getting roommates and just charging them rent every month because it'll still be less than what they would pay at an apartment. But it would also make me money every single month. So that's been that's one of the main things or main experiences that I've had with risk other than, you know, when we talked about this in previous episodes, but buying different stocks and losing actually actually losing me. Actually real. tell them, talk to them about stop losses and, you know, about trading when it comes to those and to talk about, you know, how you can use those platforms and just use those like blocks
0: to manage your risk. So, um, I'm going to try to make, I guess. uh, Yeah,
1: make it quick because we can do that in a whole... I'm trying to make this
0: as simple as I can. So, when it comes to investing, say you buy a stock. Anytime you buy a stock, you want to have a plan. So, you want to know at what price you want to buy that stock. You want to know around what area you want to sell that stock. However, if things don't go as you planned, you want to know at what price... You would like to cut your losses. How much money are you willing to lose before you just exit the position uh, totally? So a stop loss is an automatic order to close your position in that stock when it goes um, under a certain price. Simple as that. So that could be applied in life. It's as simple as having a plan, plan A, plan B, plan C or whatever. Just like Josh had. His stop loss was essentially, okay, if I can't Airbnb this house, I can get roommates or I can rent it out. Same thing applies. Yeah.
1: And so that's essentially that's what risk is, guys. So when you're doing you know things that require investing or any decision that you make in life, there is a risk involved. I mean, there's risk involved in relationships, man. There's risk involved in, in, in life, period, love. Whether or not you're choosing this job, whether or not you're buying this car, there's risk with buying a car. Um, And then so with risk, the the only thing that you really can do to manage that risk is is really planning and education.
0: So at the end of the day, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I gotta say this. At the end of the day, I mean, when you're old and it's almost your time, you're gonna look back on your life, and I mean, do you want to look back on your life and regret not doing certain things. I don't think any anybody wants to because you can't get that back. You can't buy time. You can't get any of that stuff back.
1: Yep, I agree. And, you know, when it comes to just not having regrets, um, you really want to make sure that you take advantage of every opportunity. So when it comes to being, you know, risky... Um, there are certain decisions that, you know, everybody's different. There are certain decisions that I would make that, that Donald Rowe wouldn't, you know, he has more to worry about than I do. You know, he has a wife and he has, he has, you know, two beautiful girls he has to worry about. Me, it's just myself. Um, and of course I have my family, but I'm not married. I don't, I don't have, you know, kids that I have to go home to and think about. So my moves may be a little bit more aggressive or my moves may be a little bit more, They may just be different because I don't have as much. You know, risk involved. You have other people depending on you. You know, where I don't. So, you know, when it comes to that, know your situation. You know, you have to understand your situation. Your situation might not be a bad thing, because guess what? He also has somebody that can support him while he's making that decision. You know, I didn't have that. You know, so this is everybody's situation is different. So, if you understand your situation, and then you have to know your position and leverage that to the best of your ability because at the end of the day when opportunity comes knocking the worst thing you can do and y'all I'm telling you this is very important the worst thing you can do when opportunity comes knocking is not being prepared if you are not prepared to strike if you are not prepared to take advantage then you will lose out on opportunities and blessings that that um you know that God has for you so at the end of the day man uh, even with, when it came to the Airbnb that that situation was crazy because I hadn't planned on buying a house, man. I had planned on buying a house probably six months later. And um, with that, it wasn't until I met um, Jimmy. And I'll, ha- I'll actually have Jimmy on my-, my podcast because he's an excellent person to talk to about a lot of different things. Um, but when I met him, I just it was just the right place, right time. And he, he understood what my vision was, but more importantly, he let me know that what I wanted to do was possible, not six months later, but at that, that, at that very moment. So when I met him, everything kind of just sped up, but it was a right place, right time. And it was just, you know, one of my favorite books is, is the alchemist and it talks about your personal legend. So when you talk about your personal legend, the universe really does conspire to work in your favor If you have your mind right, if you have things in place to where you're taking advantage and you're maximizing on everything that you have, we all have everything that we need. It's just a matter of disciplining ourselves to make sure that we take advantage of the opportunities and manage the risk that we've been given. So when it comes to risk, that's pretty much it, man.
0: Um, Is there anything else you want to add to this podcast, this episode? Uh... I would just say, I mean, everybody, we appreciate you listening. Um, we hope that what we have given you today um, can inspire you to, to you know, make a move that you've been hesitant about. Um, we hope that this can help you and really provide value to your life. Um, and we just thank you. You know, I just thank you for listening and subscribing.
1: Yep. So on that note, guys. We are going to uh, end this podcast. Again, if you actually like the content that you're getting from us, like, subscribe, share with your friends, tell them about Econics Talks. If you guys know any entrepreneurs, if you guys have any questions or suggestions on topics, the email is actually in our description. It's info at econics.co. That's I-N-F-O at Econics, E-C-O-N-I-X dot c o. Hit us up. Reach out to us. We're very accessible. And let's get those questions answered. Y'all have a good one. Be blessed. Peace.